1: Broadcasting across the United States, Canada, and around the world, this is the Bible Answer Man broadcast. Your host for the program is Hank Hanegraaff, president of the Christian Research Institute. We're on the air because life and truth matter. This is a live call-in program, so dial 888-ASK-HANK to ask your question now. Again, that's 888-275-4265. To start today's Bible Answer Van broadcast, here's your host, Hank Hanagraph.
2: And thank you very much, Randy. Do remember you can also contact us via the mail at Box 8500, Charlotte, North Carolina, zip code 28271. Again, the number to dial, 888-ASK-HANK, numerically 888-275-4265, and right to the phone calls. First up today, Kane, listening in Keller, Texas, on the web. Hi, Kane.
3: Um, hi. Um, I was wondering, um, what do you believe about internal security? Um, I know the Bible talks a lot about it, but there are some conflicting verses, and I overall am not really sure about the subject.
2: Well, I, I hold to what the. Uh, ancient church has always held to, and that is that we are saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. Which is to say that within the context of the body of Christ, we receive the graces that transform us from one glory to another. And if we partake of those graces, he who began a good work in you will carry on that good work to completion. This is precisely what Paul depicts in Philippians. Uh, I don't know Philippians what chapter. Philippians chapter one, I think. In uh, in First Corinthians chapter one, uh, Paul also speaks uh, to this issue, and he provides the promise that Christ will keep you strong to the end. But again. This is true within the context of partaking of the graces that transform us, because outside of the Church, you will most certainly die. Uh, I'm talking about die uh, in the spiritual sense. Um, but if you do partake of the graces, uh, we, we see the promise that God is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault. Or as Ephesians puts it, that uh, we're marked in him with a seal. That seal is the promise of the Holy Spirit, and that promise is a deposit that guarantees our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions. So I think there are a number of factors that go into the question. The first factor is, are those who we think are saved, really saved. Well, we think about Judas, and we would say, well, he's certainly saved. He's in Christ's inner circle. Uh, He's got to be saved. But we see that Judas uh, was masquerading. He loved what was on the master's table. He really didn't love the master. And so his greed demonstrated that he wasn't a true follower of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you were to asked, once saved, always saved, with respect to Judas, well, I think that you have to you have to give the caveat in answering that question about who he was to begin with. We look at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. Make sense? I think I might lost Kane. Let's go back to the phone lines, talk to Rusty in Denver, Colorado, listening on Sirius XM 131. Hi, Rusty. Uh Uh-oh. Do we have some technical problems? Hi, Rusty. Let me uh, try one more. Scotty in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, CHRB. Hi, Scotty. Hello, Hank. Hello.
3: Hi. I had a question about uh, haunted houses and territorial spirits. Uh, I've had a couple of odd incidents come my way where people were talking about haunted houses. Uh, I referred them to uh, versus like uh, in Revelation, where it speaks about uh, idols, uh, demonic idols not having ears to hear, eyes to see, they don't breathe, they don't move. Um, but whenever I come up with these conversations, they always allude to territorial spirits, Prince of Persia and, and such. Can you give me some information on that and how to best? You
2: know? Well, I think there's a big difference between territorial spirits, uh, as, as as mentioned, in in the passages of the Old Testament that you are alluding to. But I don't think that we ought to think about this in the sense of haunted houses or ghosts, because the Bible makes clear that the souls of the departed are either comforted in the presence of God or are in agony absent the loving presence of God. Uh, So, for example, in Luke chapter 16, The soul of Lazarus experienced comfort in Abraham's bosom, and conversely, the soul of the rich man experienced torment in Hades. Neither was permitted to return to the land of the living. And I would go a step further, which is to say that ghosts are the stuff of superstition, and it is foolish to feign communication with the dead in the guise of enlightening those who dwell in the land of the living. So just as Lazarus was not permitted to return to the land of the living, so the Scriptures make clear that the dead do not inhabit this realm. Now again, I'm making a distinction here between ghosts and spirits. Spirits are very, very real. It's questionable exactly what they can do. There are people that would say that That demons can bite you or kick you or cause you to levitate. I don't hold that position uh, because demons are non-corporeal. They're non-physical. They can, as it were, sit on our ear and on on our shoulder and whisper into our ear, but the the ear, while uh, listening to that whisper in a metaphysical sense, is not in any way engaged in a physical sense. Uh, So spirits are limited in how they can interact with us, but that they can interact with us, I think, is indisputable, and and therefore we're called by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 to put on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand against principalities and powers of darkness, and after we've done everything to stand.
3: I'm on board with everything you just said. Um, What I alluded to was the that perhaps if there was some sort of a fear in a dwelling or whatever, um, you could always uh, take that that place up in prayer and, uh, and dedicate it to uh, the Lord's glory and purposes and whatnot.
2: Yeah, I think that's um, absolutely right. I, I, I think, in fact, it's not only something that... Uh, We can do, but we we must do. Because just as there are places that are set apart as holy, so there are places in which dwells unholiness. And I think when unholiness is present, uh, we are wise to pray against those unholy spirits and that unholy activity. And that is why there are blessings for physical places that have been engaged in uh, by the ancient church throughout church history.
3: Right. Okay, that's good. I just didn't want to feed into the fear uh, that uh, that's out there because uh, I've heard you allude to things like the bondage breaker actually being more like the bondage maker and such. I also have run into people who have... Uh, a fear of staying in hotel or motel rooms because of some of the activities that have gone on there, and they they don't sleep because they're worried about oppressive spirits and and whatnot. And uh, I think it's just good to to uh, to dedicate these these places.
2: Uh, yeah, one of the things. Uh, yeah, I, I think Scotty, one of the things that we have to recognize is that um, before Paul actually delineates the full armor of God, which can protect us against principalities and powers of darkness. He, he first tells us to have faith in God, and he underscores the fact that greater is God who is in us than the spirits that are in the world. So if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, if you are partaking of the graces provided within the context of the Eucharistic assembly, then Satan has more to fear from you than you from Satan. But again, it requires putting on the full armor of God. As I've said many times, and as I allude to in the subtitle of a book that I wrote about this, is that if you put on the full armor of God, you're invincible in spiritual warfare. If you do not, you're a guaranteed casualty.
3: Thank you for taking my call.
2: You are welcome. My pleasure. And I'm alluding to a book. It's titled The Covering. God's Plan to Protect You from Evil, uh, that book available through the Ministry of the Christian Research Institute. Uh, You can get your copy for your support of the ministry on the web at equip.org. Of course, you can, as I mentioned earlier, write me at Box 8500, Charlotte, North Carolina, zip code 28271. A reminder that this is a ministry supported by listeners just like you. We're deeply grateful for those who stand with us prayerfully and financially. You can give in a safe, secure way on the web at equip.org. You can also talk to our resource consultants if you want to make a special gift, 888 7000 and the letters CRI. I'll be back on the other side of the break with more answers to your questions, so please don't touch that dial.
1: Former Vice President Joe Biden recently said that transgender equality is the civil rights issue of our time. When leaders of our country are framing gender identity issues as such, how does a Christian defend a biblical worldview of gender without being labeled a hateful bigot? The book God and the Transgender Debate by Andrew T. Walker is a must read for every Christian seeking to understand what the Bible really says about gender identity. To receive a copy of God and the Transgender Debate, what does the Bible actually say about gender identity? Simply call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift in support of the ongoing work of the Christian Research Institute. 888-7000-CRI or go to equip.org. We'll be back in just a moment with more from Hank Hanegraaff. Breaking the code of the book of Revelation has become an international obsession. The result has been rampant misreading of scripture, bad theology, and even bad politics and foreign policy. In the Apocalypse Code, find out what the Bible really says about the end times and why it matters today. Hank Hanegraaff argues that the key to understanding the last book of the Bible is the other 65 books of the Bible, not current events or recent history. The Apocalypse Code offers sane answers to some very controversial questions such as, what does it mean to take the book of Revelation literally? Who are the Antichrist and the great whore of Babylon? And what is the real meaning of 666? Order The Apocalypse Code by Hank Hanegraaff today. Available in softcover, MP3 CD or MP3 download from equip.org or call 888-7000-CRI. Bertrand Russell famously said, most people would rather die than think, and many of them do. Not so with CRI support team members. Support team members are not only serious thinkers, but their membership in CRI's support team helps to equip hundreds of thousands of fellow believers around the globe each and every month. Are you not a member? then you're missing out. Not only do support team members form the backbone of Christian Research Institute's outreaches, but they enjoy their selection of resources from our Equipping Essentials Library and receive a complimentary subscription to CRI's award-winning Christian Research Journal, just two of the benefits of membership. To discover how you can make a difference 24-7 in equipping believers at home and abroad to stand for life and truth, Check out the benefits of membership at Equip.org.
4: Throughout history, gender was understood as binary, male or female. Today, Facebook offers over 50 gender options for its members. If you're feeling confused, you're not alone. What is transgenderism and gender fluidity? In a culture ready to label anyone who questions the transgender agenda as hateful and bigoted, how should Christians respond? Christians need to understand and provide a biblical response to the transgender agenda, which is why the book God and the Transgender Debate by Andrew T. Walker is a resource every Christian must read to understand the issue of transgenderism and what the Bible actually says about gender identity. To receive your copy of God and the Transgender Debate, what does the Bible actually say about gender identity? Call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support the Christian Research Institute's life-changing outreaches. 888-7000-CRI or visit us at equip.org.
1: And now, here's Hank Hanegraaff. Thank you very much, Randy.
2: We'll go back to the phone calls. The number to dial, Triple Eight Ask Cake, numerically Triple Eight 2754265. Sherry next in Seattle, Washington. Hi, Sherry.
5: Yes, hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. My daughter's twenty two years old and she came to me one day and said she was confused about her gender and uh, she was bisexual. Two days later, she came to me and said she lied to me, and she's actually gay. Um, About four days later, she was spending all night on the phone talking to somebody, and it turns out she's been talking to um, a girl about six, seven, eight years older than her from across the country. And um, for some reasons I can't get into, um, this is a very popular person that, um, my daughter seems to be impressed by. And, uh, they talked for about 10 days. Uh, this gal sent her airline tickets. She went, my daughter went, came home, told us she was leaving and moving out. She left 10 days later. My, my husband did not speak to her that entire time. Um, he, he isn't, uh, He's gotten away from Christ. He fell away from Christ, uh, I'd say, about six years ago. And so it's it's been me on my own for quite a while, actually. Um, and so I tried talking to her about the Lord, and I said, You know how God feels about this. And she says, Well, I'm confused. I, I need a therapist, but can you get me help? And so therapists are hard to find around here. So before I even had a chance to do it, she was gone, mm. and um, I, I wrote down just a couple of questions. I know your time is very valuable. Um, saying she's confused makes me believe that she is confused. She she doesn't know for sure what she's doing. Um, she's told me she wants to just feel loved, and um, and you know she does tell me her dad didn't make her feel loved and she doesn't want me preaching to her. She knows what God thinks and believes about her, and I said, well, what's that? And she said, well, you can, you know uh, He loves me, and I believe that, and I don't have to go to church to, to hear about God loving me. And um, she gets very, very, very angry and curses and swears at me, which she didn't before. She went out and got four tattoos, which is... She was a very, very straight girl, very accomplished, you know, in in high school and in college. And here she is now um, doing all these things. And I guess um, I don't know how to help her now at this point when she's all the way across the country. um, She won't let me talk about God because she gets very angry. Um... I know that all I need to do is continue to pray, and I have been doing that. But I'm wondering if there's something else I can do to um, speak to her and to her partner.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, first of all, I wouldn't marginalize prayer in in any way. I would not only pray myself, but I would have your church in in prayer for her and family members, friends, whoever uh, will pray for her. Uh, I would elicit the, the, the prayers of those people. Uh, the, the other thing that's very, very interesting about what you said, and I listen carefully uh, to everything that you said, uh, there's so many things that are part of the mix. The fact that she doesn't know what she's doing, that uh, she's confused, that her dad didn't love her, that uh, she does claim that God loves her, but she doesn't need the church. Um, The truth of the matter is that she does need the Church. It's also true, however, that God loves her. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son so that whoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. And that life that is everlasting starts in this time-space continuum. So if we turn to God, not with our own agenda and with our own priorities and our own precepts, but rather turn to God and are willing to have God mediate in our lives, uh, then God will change us. He will transform us. That's the promise we have in Scripture. But you have to put yourself in a context whereby you can be transformed, and I would make that a significant matter of prayer. Um, the other thing, too, is I think with the same love that God has loved us while we were yet sinners, Christ died uh, for us, the just for the unjust. And so we have to treat those. Uh, who we love in the same way that God has treated us, with a great deal of compassion and forgiveness. But that does not mean that we do not communicate that God sets borders around our lives. He does. He sets borders around our lives so that our joy might be complete, and thus we must never deviate from the principles that are given to us in God's Word, because we have to ultimately decide whether the culture or whether the church and God reign supreme in our lives. And of course, God's Word is crystal clear regarding gender-bending activities. In fact, the New Testament derives its prescriptions against same-sex sexuality from the actual creation order depicted in the book of Genesis. And, of course, wholly apart from access to any special revelation like the Word of God, we have general revelation which is sufficient to underscore God's condemnation of same-sex sexuality. So we either have to say God's right or I'm right. I mean, that's the ultimate choice we all make. That's the big question. Does the creation become dominant in the discussion or is the Creator dominant into the discussion? And answering those questions uh, settles a lot of issues. The Bible never condemns same-sexuality in an arbitrary and capricious fashion. It carefully defines the borders of human sexuality so that our joy might be complete. And when either conviction or compassion is compromised, we have to revise our perspective. I've often put it this way, tolerance when it comes to personal relationships is a virtue, but tolerance when it comes to truth is a travesty. And, uh, of course, this is no trifling matter. This is a matter of natural law. This is what we're talking about, natural law. And denying natural law is always striking a mortal blow to the foundation of a free society. So this not only affects your daughter, but it affects society at large. This is a very, very important issue. And I would pray uh, unceasingly for your daughter and extend love and kindness to her. Uh, but also speak truth to her in love okay so so do do say you know he does love
5: you and you no know, there is no law that you need to go to church but
2: well there um, is actually is I mean as say, a Christian you can't say you, you, you can't say I don't need church uh, if you're a non-christian obviously you don't need church or want church but if you invoke God and if you ha- say God is your father, then the church has to be your mother. Because in the church, uh, you receive something that transforms you. So so, so Christianity is never punctiliar, it's transformational. Yes. Well, for some
5: reason, she doesn't feel she needs to go to church
2: anymore now. Well, because... She probably intuitively or explicitly knows that she set herself outside the parameters that God sets for us to live within, and so the easiest thing to do is turn your back on all that is God and all that is uh, reminiscent of the will of God for your life. But people change. Um, People have transformations. Uh, That's the business that God is in transforming us by his grace, and he uses us as instruments of his love. So again, uh, we, we never want to compromise on, on a biblical worldview, but we also must always demonstrate love and compassion. So hopefully that will come not only from you, but also from uh, her dad, uh, that uh, eventually her dad will... Uh, I don't know the situation, but we'll come to a true valuation of things and, uh, and show her compassion and love and, 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 and not only love her, but also envelop himself in the love of God so he too uh, might be able to demonstrate that love in the most meaningful way. I'm going to leave it at that Out of time for this edition of the Bible Answer Man broadcast. By the way, a lot of people hanging on right now. And if you hear my voice right now, stick with me. Uh, I'm going to run another program uh, right after this broadcast. Uh, and uh, so I'll take your questions about five minutes after we go off the air. I'll record my answers to your questions and we'll use that for a future edition of the Bible Instrument broadcast when I'm, when I'm traveling. So uh, please do hang on. And if you want to call in, you can try to do that as well uh, for the next half hour or hour. Give us a call at 888 Ask Hank. Uh, numerically, a 275 4265 And thanks for standing shoulder to shoulder with me in the battle for life and truth. You're making a difference in the lives of people all around the globe. So long for now.
1: Thank you for joining us for the Bible Answer Man broadcast. If you'd like more information about the Christian Research Institute or to order resources, just call 888-7000-CRI. That's 888-7000-274 or visit equip.org where you can listen live or download archived broadcasts. Again, that's equip.org. You can also write to us at Post Office Box 8500, Charlotte, North Carolina, zip code 28271. The Bible Answer Man broadcast is supported solely by listeners like you. We're on the air because life and truth matter. Breaking the code of the book of Revelation has become an international obsession. The result has been rampant misreading of Scripture, bad theology, and even bad politics and foreign policy. In the Apocalypse Code, find out what the Bible really says about the end times and why it matters today. Hank Hanegraaff argues that the key to understanding the last book of the Bible is the other 65 books of the Bible, not current events or recent history. The Apocalypse Code offers sane answers to some very controversial questions such as, what does it mean to take the book of Revelation literally? Who are the antichrist and the great whore of Babylon? And what is the real meaning of 666? Order The Apocalypse Code by Hank Hanegraaff today. Available in soft cover, MP3 CD or MP3 download from equip.org or call 888-7000-CRI.